What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Tuesday, August 6th. Hope all you guys have had a great week so far. Hope all you guys continue to grind. Hope all you guys stay positive. The world's been a crazy place as of lately. Hope all you guys just stay focused and keep maintaining and striving for your goals, man. But with that being said, today, I want to come at you guys first and foremost to talk about the NBA All-Decade Team, the NBA that the NBA dropped. They dropped it on NBA.com. They dropped it yesterday, and pretty much all of the NBA fan world went crazy. I don't know why we'll get into it, but it's been crazy. And then we'll talk about a top five recruit who cut down his list to his final five schools, but we'll get into that later. As of now, though, let's get into the team. So the All-Decade the all Team consists of 2010 all the way to 2019-20, a decade, 10 years. So the third team, I'll go from the third team to the second team to the first team. The third team is LaMarcus Aldridge, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, Giannis, and PG-13. I'll, talk, I'll, I'll break them all down after I get back to it. The second team, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Blake Griffin. And the first team, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kawhi Leonard. Now, let's start off by talking about the third team. So the third team, as I previously stated, is LaMarcus Aldridge, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, Giannis, and PG-13. Now, I've seen a lot of people had a problem with Kobe being on the third team. But, and y'all going to think I'm hating on Kobe, but I'm not. And, and matter of fact, I just did a Kobe appreciation podcast literally last week. Go check it out if you didn't get a chance to hear it. Kobe, honestly... You couldn't make a serious case that Kobe deserve, didn't even deserve to be on this list. And this is not me disrespecting Kobe. But if you really think about it, we're talking about an entire decade here. First and foremost, most of these players haven't been on top for an entire decade, the, the entire 10 years. The only real player that's been dominant for an entire 10 years on this list really is LeBron. Since 2010 to 2020, LeBron, or 2019, I guess, LeBron has been on top of the NBA world. You can make a case for Kawhi, even though, you know, back then Kawhi was the third, fourth option for the Spurs. Um, you can make a case for Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant is, yeah, I'd say KD is a good option too. You could probably have LeBron and KD as the only players that have been consistent for an entire decade. They've been the number one option. They've been at the top of the league. They've been top five the entire time. There's no disputing that. Those two have been on top. Got to give them their credit. And and also, I want to say, first of all, being in the NBA for 10 years is a hell of an achievement. Let's not let that just pass us by. Being in the National Basketball Association for 10 years is an achievement. And congrats to all these players for getting their money, being able to extend their career for as long as they possibly can. That's an incredible achievement. But Getting back to my original statement. So, literally, LeBron and KD have been the only players to maintain dominance through and through. Like, when KD came into the league, he was the number one option for the Seattle Supersonics at the time. I think they transitioned to OKC, like, two seasons later, the year after Westbrook got drafted. Um, and he's been that number one option for them the entire time. It wasn't a day that went by where KD was not the number one option. He goes to Golden State. He's still the number one option. He's not necessarily the leader because that, that was Steph's role, but he was still their best player. So, and then you have LeBron. 
we all know LeBron. He's been the best player on pretty much every team he's been on. That'll never change. But the thing with Kobe is, and I'm not going to disrespect Kobe like Max Kellerman did. Max Kellerman pretty much said that Kobe was on the all-worst team. Because, yes, let's face the fact. Kobe did leave the Lakers on the not on the highest of note. Yes, he dropped 60 points in that terms. But, like, when you look at it, he kind of stunted the growth of D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, and those young and up-and-coming Laker players at that time. But he still was hooping a little bit. He was falling off. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Kobe really only had probably three good years. I want to say 2010, 2011, 2012. And I think 13, I want to say 13 was the year he tore his Achilles and then he was never the same. I want to say 2013 was that year. So, you know, honestly, like I'm not going to sit here and say he shouldn't be on the list, but he wasn't consistent for this entire decade like yes Kobe's a legend yes he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time yes he's in my top five but I wouldn't necessarily say he deserved to be on his all-time list you got to think there's other players out there like do not forget Kyrie Irving has also been killing for a pretty long time now I think people forget Kyrie Irving was the all-star MVP in 2014 we're almost in 2020 so if we're really talking about an all-decade team how come Kyrie doesn't deserve to be on the list? I'm not saying he has to take Kobe's spot, but I'm just saying, like, Kyrie's been dominating since 2014. Or, or not dominating, but he's been relevant. He's been hooping. He's been doing his thing. He came into the league, played for a not-so-good Cleveland Cavaliers organization. He was a number one overall pick. He lived up to expectations. He didn't really, you know, turn them from a bad team to a, a playoff team, but he did what he had to do with the pieces that were surrounding him. And, you know, he, he was killing. He has a ring on his resume. He has a big time, one of the greatest final shots in all the NBA NBA history in his belt. So it's like, how come Kyrie doesn't deserve that recognition? Then you have another guy like Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard's been relevant since 2014 also. People forget Damian Lillard hit that game winner to beat the Rockets. I want to say that was what, the Western Conference semifinals? That game winner was in 2014 too. So both those point guards have been playing for a high level, not the entire decade, because like I said, the only players that have been really killing for an entire decade on this list are LeBron and KD. But Kyrie and Dame, they have longevity, and that's something that should be taken into account. So, And then like they got Giannis on the third team too. Like, let's keep it a book. Giannis has only been killing for like the past three seasons, maybe two seasons. Giannis hasn't been dominating for... Not even half a decade yet. So it's like, I don't know what these lists were really based off of, but I think they could have did slightly better. Like, I'm not mad at LaMarcus Aldridge because LaMarcus Aldridge has been playing at a, a super level, high consistency rate. So I'm not really mad at that. Has he had the most success in the playoffs? No. But has he been hooping? Yes. Like, for the past decade, yes. LaMarcus Aldridge definitely deserves some recognition. He's not... You know, he's had all-star appearances. He's done what he's supposed to do for a fact. He was with the Blazers, now he's with the Spurs, and he's still been hooping, so I'm not mad at that. Um, D-Wade, come on now, it's D-Wade. D-Wade didn't really start to to really take a dip in his production until 2015, and then he still was playing pretty solid. Even when he ended up going and playing for the Bulls that season, he still played pretty good. They were still a playoff team. It's not like he, his production just dipped and just fell bad and just took a hard hit. No, he was still giving the Bulls productive minutes. Then he had the season with the Cavs, played half a season with them, goes back to Miami. So D-Wade, I can't argue that. D-Wade was hooping. Um, already talked about Kobe. Already talked about Giannis. PG-13. 
it's a realistic move that we could put PG-13 on the second team. Like, he's on the third team, but I can legitimately put him on the second team because PG-13, he burst onto the scene in, what, 2013 when he dunked on Birdman in the in the Eastern Conference Finals versus the Heat. That's when he really took his game to another level. It was 2013. That's six years ago, almost seven years ago now. So it's like PG-13 has almost been hooping for an entire decade too. And that's what this thing is based off of. I feel like the fans of the NBA world didn't really take into account the criteria. They just really took into account the the success of the player and how good the player is. Like Some of these players I'm not mad at because they've been hooping consistently for almost a decade now. Like, PG-13 really burst onto the scene in 2013. Like, he literally took his game from one level to an entirely different level. And even though he had that almost catastrophic leg injury in Team USA, I don't even want to think about it, but he still came back and persevered and still was hooping and got even better, if you ask me. And he's only getting better. So I'm not mad at PG-13 um, on the third team, but I think he realistically could have been on the second team. So with that being said, let's get to the second team. CP3, who I'm not mad at. CP3 has been hooping with from the Clippers all the way to the Rockets. Yes, he's dealt with some injuries, but he's given us some really good playoff moments. From the Clippers days with Lob City, he was hooping. They didn't make the Western Conference Finals, which they should have because they had one of the greatest rosters of all time. Not all time, but or not. They've had one of the greatest rosters of this decade. I'll say that. They had a really loaded team the year that they had, you know, Jamal Crawford on the bench. Um, they had Lance Stevenson off the bench one year. They had a really good team, so I don't know how they didn't, but, you know, uh, CP gave us some moments. He gave us some really good moments from the game winner, game seven versus the Spurs. I forgot the exact year, but, you know, where he took the couple dribbles, shot the float over Tim Duncan, you know, CP3 gave us some moments. So I'm not mad at CP3, and he's still giving us some good moments, even the past couple years in the playoffs, so I'm not mad at that at all. Anthony Davis, come on now. Anthony Davis has been hooping. He, I forgot the exact year he came into the league. I want to say it was like 2012. No, yeah, no. Uh, I forgot. What, whenever he came into the league, he's been hooping. Like, the the his rookie year, he played on that Team USA team. That was 2012. Yeah, so it was 2012. I don't, he was hooping. The year that they had LeBron, KD, and they were dominating on Team USA, Anthony Davis was 18 years old on that team. And he was literally the last roster spot on that team, and he was still giving Team USA productive minutes. So we all know Anthony Davis deserves to be on this list. That's a fact. He's been, he's, shoot, right after KD and LeBron, he's the closest to a decade. Um, so I'm not mad at that either. Um, Russell Westbrook, come on now. Russ has been hooping forever now. Literally, you know, he goes from having to be a true point guard and catching lobs and doing what he got to do, playing alongside KD and James Harden, to ultimately losing both those guys and, and then becoming, and then up in his game, and then has three seasons of averaging a triple-double. He's an MVP, and he's just doing what he's doing, and he's competing at the highest level, and he's nonstop going 1,000 miles per hour. So I'm not mad at Russell Westbrook at all. Russ deserves to be on this list. I think second team is perfect for him. Carmelo. Now, I've seen some people have a problem with Carmelo too, which is interesting because Carmelo has been hooping. Do not get it twisted. Carmelo came into the league 2003-2004, killing. 2010 would have been somewhere around um, his later years, I believe, with the with the Nuggets. Ultimately, he ends up going to the Knicks, I want to say in, what, 2013, 2014. He was still producing at a high level. 
not mad at Carmelo at all. Carmelo definitely deserves to be on this list. Top 10 greatest scorer of all time easily. If he's not on your list for that, then you guys are off something for sure. So I cannot blame Carmelo at all. I'm not mad at Carmelo being on this list at all. Then you have Blake Griffin. Blake, I'm not mad at either. But I think you could probably put Blake on the third team. I think it's a good... You know, Blake has given us good, some good times. Don't get it twisted. Blake, I believe, got drafted. I want to say Blake got drafted somewhere around 2010 or 2009. Somewhere around there. So, yeah, he's been in the league for a decade. So, yeah, I guess, you know, he was a number one overall pick. Played really well, Oklahoma. Blake has given us some good moments, I guess. You know, winning the dunk contest. Dunking over everybody from Kendrick Perkins to Serge Ibaka to Pau Gasol a couple of times. Blake has given us good moments. Should he be on the second team? I don't know. Me personally, I probably would have put him on the third team because he has been hooping for a decade. There's no doubt about that for almost a decade. No doubt about that, but I'd probably put him on the third team. So that's the second team. Now, the first team, I can't even argue the first team, to, to be honest with you. Steph came on the scene. Um, He probably came on the scene probably like 2013. He started really hooping, 2012. And then the Warriors had their first finals win, 2015. So they... You know, they they started winning rings halfway through this decade, so I'm not mad at that either. He has three rings. You know, he still doesn't have that finals MVP, but don't get it twisted. He was still a big reason that the Warriors won those rings, um, even though KD was the biggest reason, but he still did his thing. Nonetheless, cannot blame Steph at all. Bron, already talked about it. Bron, you could really make argument that Bron's been the best player in the league since he got drafted out of high school. Like, that's a legitimate argument. I don't care what anybody says. You can say I'm crazy. You can say I sound stupid. But ever since he came out the league to the league in 2003, it's a legitimate argument that he's been the best player in the NBA because his rookie season was phenomenal. I was only four years old at the time, but I go back and watch the highlights, and he was on a complete different level. So I'm not mad. It can't, you can't even argue LeBron. If you argue LeBron, you just, you're just a hater. So I'm not even going to get into that. KD already talked about it. KD's been dominant ever since he came into the league. I want to say KD got drafted in 07, I want to say, 08, somewhere around there. Been dominant ever since. It's not a day that goes by. He's been the number one scorer, two finals MVPs, two rings, playing with the Brooklyn Nets now. He's got his own team. He's going to be the leader. He's going to be the captain. Cannot blame him. Prayers up. Speedy recovery for the ACL. I mean, excuse me, the Achilles. So, not worried about KD. James Harden, another player. You cannot really argue with James Harden. You know, he's literally the only... I say this all the time about James Harden. He's literally the only person in the league that I can seriously say he's going to go off for 60 on any given night. James Harden is that good. He's one of the best scorers we've ever seen. I honestly don't think we've seen anything like this. I think there's no comparison for James Harden's game. He's just too different. Lefty, unguardable. He knows how to get to the free throw line. He knows how to score. Um... And he's just a, a certified bucket. He he got drafted in what? Oh, I want to say 08, 09-ish. Probably somewhere around there. So, yeah, he's been on the tear ever since. Sixth man of the year. I forgot what year it was, but early in his career. Goes to Houston. Pretty much automatically turns into the number one scoring option. And now it's his franchise. And he's been pretty much putting Houston on his back ever since. Can't argue it there. And then last but not least, Kawhi. We know Kawhi. You know, Kawhi didn't start the decade off as the all-star type of player that he is now. He was a really good chess piece for the Spurs. But don't get it twisted. A young Kawhi won a finals MVP. He still won a finals MVP. I want to say that was 2013. 
I believe that was 2013. He won that finals MVP. So can't argue that either. You know, finals MVP. He's a third option on that team, maybe a fourth option after the big three of Tim Duncan, Mono Ginobili, and Tony Parker. Playing for a Hall of Fame coach beats the Miami Heat. You know, and he's still hooping. He sits out a year. I want to say that was, what, 2017. We didn't get to see Kawhi in the league because, you know, he was tired of the Spurs. He was tired of their stuff. Um, comes back, gets traded, goes to Toronto, wins a ring, finals MVP again. Now he's with the Clippers. He'll probably give them a ring. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I think eventually he'll give the Clippers a ring, as much as I hate to say that. But you got to respect Kawhi. There's no debating that there. So that is my breakdown of the NBA All-Decades list. Let me know how you guys feel about it. Let me know if, if there's some changes that should be made. Let me know if there's some players that I forgot to mention. Because really, the only players that I thought that should that have a, a realistic shot that should could have made this list were Damian Lillard and Kyrie Irving. I feel like they've been hooping for a long time now. I feel like they deserve their respect and their credit. So that's just me. But if I miss any players, who knows? I probably did. Some people would probably say Klay Thompson deserved to be on there. Um, maybe, you know. It is what it is, but it's a decade long, guys. That's the only thing. It's a decade. We're talking about a full decade. Only Katie and LeBron have been killing for a full decade. So that's my thing. It's like, you know, you can you can make a case for a few different players, but I just feel like Damon Kyrie deserves some more respect. But that is that. Moving on. Consensus top 10 player in the nation goes by the name of Greg Brown. He is from Austin, Texas. He's a 6'8", small forward slash power forward from uh, Vandergrift High School in the Austin, Texas area has announced his final five college choices. Now, if you don't know who Greg Brown is, as I previously stated, 6'8", six, 6'7", six, small forward slash power forward. One of the best dunkers I've ever seen. He literally was totally dominant this entire summer. He played with the Texas Titans on the Nike EYBL circuit along with Kay Cunningham. They took the league by storm. They literally had one of the best records. I believe they were ranked number one throughout the entire regular season of the uh, EYBL. He was unstoppable, honestly. He was doing East Bay dunks in the middle of games. He was catching off lobs. He was dunking on people. That's that's most of his game right now. He's a dominant bruiser, but he's kind of skinny. He's not really built buff like that. He's like a skinny, slender type of dude. But he would dunk on you. And I I started I noticed this dude this past high school season throughout the winter. He was just dunking on everybody at his high school. And he's really just taken the nation by storm ever since. And he's only going to blow up. As I previously stated, he is now top 10 in the nation. Some scouting services have him at number 8. Some have him at 7. He's just a dominant physical specimen. And he's the only thing about him right now that I'd probably say he needs to truly work on is his jump shot. It's not like that he doesn't have a jump shot. But he's just so dominant at the high school level that he does not have to use his jumper. Like, he's just dunking over everybody. Like, his the athleticism that he has honestly reminds me of Zion. Like, honestly. Like, his bounce is crazy. But the final five goes like this. You have Memphis. You have Kentucky, who's interesting. We'll talk about in a second. You have Auburn. Texas, who's the favorite, right, in his hometown of Austin. And North Carolina. Now, let's break down each school. So, Memphis. He has already taken an unofficial visit to Memphis. He has a good relationship with Coach Penny Hardaway. He has a good relationship with Mike Miller, who was the premier recruiter for the Tigers. Memphis is definitely an intriguing option. They had the number one recruiting class in the class of 2019, which is last season, or this upcoming season, shall I say, to be freshman. Um, and I think he it's a realistic shot that he could end up playing 
in the AAC for the Tigers, you got to know people love Penny Hardaway, man. He's a honestly he's a basketball icon. He's a Memphis legend. People love him, and you know he's gonna get recruits, no doubt about it. He has the good staff. He gets good players as of now, um, and I think it's a good chance that he can end up playing for the Tigers. So that's Memphis. Already took an unofficial visit. I'm pretty sure he'll take an official visit with this being his top five now. Um, Kentucky. Now, Kentucky is interesting because Kentucky has not officially offered him yet. But it seems like he thinks Kentucky is going to offer him. I'm pretty sure if you have Kentucky in your top five, that means they're either going to plan on offering him or he's probably going to end up taking an official visit and then Kentucky's going to offer him. And so that's usually how Coach Calipari works. Coach Calipari building a really good class recruiting-wise in the class of 2020. I think Greg Brown, you know, loves the idea of playing at Kentucky. We all know that, you know, Coach Cal loves the one-and-done players. He produces pros from John Wall, Carl Anthony Towns, DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, Eric Bledsoe, Devin Booker, De'Aaron Fox. The list goes on, you know. So you can never not be interested in Kentucky. I just think he's waiting on the offer. I think if he takes the official visit, which more than likely he will, he will get that official offer. So that's Kentucky. Then you have Auburn. Auburn, he took an unofficial visit earlier in the summer. I believe it was somewhere early in June. Um, Supposedly he liked the campus. You know, everybody's starting to love Bruce Pearl, fresh off of Final Four, um, where they played Virginia and lost. But Bruce Pearl is doing a good job, a really good recruiter, really good program that he's building down in Alabama. Auburn is a good program, so I'm not mad at him for considering Auburn. I really like Bruce Pearl. He's a really good coach, tough, hard-nosed coach. He doesn't take no slack, nothing like that. Once he starts getting these top players, Auburn is going to be a really, really big threat in the SEC, and they already are. They won the conference tournament, the SEC conference tournament, and they literally just rolled into the tournament and got all the way to the Final Four. They beat Kentucky on the way, they beat Kansas on the way, and they beat North Carolina. So Auburn is nothing to play with. So I understand it for considering Auburn. Um, Then you have North Carolina, who he also took an unofficial visit to. Carolina, Roy Williams, and staff. You can tell he loved the Jordan gear. You know, everybody loves Jordan brand. He, he was rocking um, the Jordan 13s. You know, kids love the retros, especially in the Carolina colorway, that baby blue. It's just something about baby blue that's just an attractive colorway. He, it looked like he had fun. I forgot the exact game that he went to, but I'm pretty sure he went and watched the Carolina game, got to experience what it was like um, to be a player. And so I understand him. You know, Roy Williams gets one-and-done players. He doesn't get a lot of them each year like Coach K or Coach Calipari, but he'll get one or two each recruiting cycle. So, Greg Brown, realistic option. Already took an unofficial visit. I do expect him to take another official visit in the future. Um, and then you have Texas. Now, Texas is the favorite to land him. Um, with that being said, you know, obviously he's from Austin. Texas is in Austin. It's the state capital, I believe. Um, and, you know, you can't go wrong. Shaka Smart knows how to develop pros, whether it's Jared Allen or Mo Bamba. You know, those are just a few that he's been since he's been at Texas for, what, like the past three, four seasons now. He knows how to produce pros. And I think, you know, this would be a really good fit if he decides to stay home. I think Texas has a really good program. They compete in the Big 12. I think Shaka Smart just has to get to that level of consistency to show people that Texas is a legitimate threat in the Big 12. And I think if you add a player like Greg Brown, he turns Texas into an immediate, immediate Big 12 favorites. Like, just like that. Even though you got teams like Kansas and you got the Iowa State and the Oklahoma State, who's going to be good under Coach Mike Boynton, 
Texas, Shaka Smart, you can't go wrong with that combination. So, um, and yes, he's already visited Texas probably a thousand times. It's literally down the street from his house or whatever the case may be. I'm pretty sure he's been at Texas campus multiple times. So, honestly, um, he just announced his top five probably like a couple hours ago. But since he's down to a final five, um, players are allowed to get five official visits. I expect him to take all official visits to all five of these schools. Um, and I think he's going to um, end up committing somewhere probably either in the spring, right after his high school season is over with, or he might just end up and do it right before his high school season. But it's going to take some time to get these official visits planned out. But that is Greg Brown, man. Be on the lookout for him. To me, he is definitely an NBA prospect. He has NBA potential. The Honestly, the potential is through the roof. It's honestly limitless. So that's why I talk about him because I think this kid is really talented. And I think he's a once-in-a-lifetime talent because – Honestly, I can't compare his game to anybody. He plays so differently. You just have to watch his highlights, man. So with that being said, though, as always, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. Shout out to my Nuts and Bolts sports family. Go check them out. Go check out their articles, their podcasts. They're always doing a good job. Please go check them out. Follow them on Twitter also. And with that being said, man, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. This has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops podcast. As always, peace, love, and blessings gone.